We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I'll never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Nets Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Podcast. They waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I'll never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Backcourt nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his pitch on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. It's no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing no, it's no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me, as always, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find my guy Grant Afseth, who does a lot of great work for us at DallasBasketball.com. He's our official math step back correspondent for this season. Uh, you can find him at Grant Afseth. Grant, before we get started, I think we have to start out by congratulating the Texas Rangers uh, for you know a, a great ALCS, and they're they're headed to the World Series. Uh, and I know, I mean, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I know a ton of Texas Rangers fans that have followed me throughout the year that seem to have been tortured <laughs> by the team's play <laughs> at times. So I feel so good for them. You know, it's uh, they they've made it through the dog days, and now their uh, their team is in the the World Series. So congratulations to the Rangers. That was a really fun series against the Houston Astros, and I'm glad they came out on top. It was very similar to how you know that Mavs Sun series went. Going going uh, down three two and then blowing them out the next two games. That was very cool to see how that played out. So anyway, there, there's your baseball portion of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. 
<laughs> Grant, how you doing, man? How you doing for this uh, this NBA season eve? Well, I guess you know the NBA actually starts today, but the Mavs get underway tomorrow. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, intriguing things to follow about the team, uh, like this team in particular. It seems like a lot of people don't really know what to expect. You look at a lot of national expectations, and some people have them all the way down at like 12. Some people have them as high as like outside of the plan, like uh, one through six. So I think like this is going to be a very interesting thing to see how that kind of develops all the little storylines that go along with it and. There's not very many more exciting ways to start than uh, against the the hot name that everyone's kind of focused on right now with Victor Wembanyama in the Spurs. Oh yeah, yeah he he's been the hype around Wembanyama has been pretty high for you know over a year now, but it's really cranked up these last few weeks, you know, with some of the stuff he's shown us in preseason play. So uh, it's going to be all eyes on Luca versus Wembanyama, and then. You know, you got Kyrie Irving and you know all these other key pieces the Mavs have added over the summer. Who's going to start at the three uh, for the Mavs? So there's a lot of stuff to watch for. And speaking of that uh, starting three spot, one of the candidates just got a big extension, Josh Green, uh, right before the deadline. We weren't sure if it was going to happen. You know, if it didn't happen, he was going to end up going into restricted free agency next summer. But they got a deal done, three years, $41 million. You know, you know, I got some uh, some pushback when I put that it was a steal for the Mavs uh, when I posted that article yesterday. But you know, I can see where they're coming from with that because a steal would mean it favors the Mavs more than anything else. I think this is a good deal for both sides. Now that I look at it, because you know, it averages out to about thirteen million a year for Green, which is about mid level exception money, and you know the the trajectory of his career so far and how he's improved every single season, that seems to be fair value for him. And it still even, even with it being fair value for him, it's good value for the Mavs as well, because, you know, worst case scenario, if he doesn't keep improving, you have a movable contract, a good player on a movable contract that you can include in trades down the line. And best case scenario, he keeps improving the way he has been. He's still only 22, even though he's about to turn 23 and you have a really good player on a contract where he's making $13 million a year. So uh, on the surface, it looks like that both sides got a really good uh, got a good deal out of this one. But what are your thoughts on the Josh Green extension? Yeah, I think it's quite team-friendly. Uh, there's no options. It doesn't sound like involved based off of like the reporting that's already been put out. Uh, three years, you know, $41 million. I think uh, you look at a lot of the players that make a similar amount of money, they don't really have the same upside. Uh, like I think the baseline of what you would get from Josh Green is very comparable to a lot of those players, and they don't really have, you know, like that athleticism or that upside for a good amount of those players. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot to like about that. I think another factor, if he emerges as a regular or full-time starter, then I do think that, you know, you would be very accurate in your original like thought with it being a steal because there's not really many full-time starters that are like on the up the climb of their career or the ascension of their career uh trajectory that aren't like towards 30 that make around that amount of money uh just looking around at like you know like like different contracts uh and salary levels for like next season and when, when you uh look at the rising salary cap as well i think uh you know that would be a very very good value 
I think, uh, you know, this, it, there's a lot to like about his, like, continued year-to-year growth. I think, uh, you know, he's someone who takes, like, his off-seasons and his, you know, game-by-game very serious. Uh, he went from, you know, basically being left wide open and missing, you know, catch-and-shoot jump shots against the Jazz in the, uh, you know, Western Conference Finals run in 2022 uh, to coming back to shooting over 40% from three on a solid volume, and it increased volume, I should say, as well. Uh, so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him this season with, uh, you know, he's shown potential, like as a pick and roll ball handler, he's been able to, you know, attack the paint, uh, make plays. Uh, he's always got some, he's got some intriguing attributes overall that like, you don't really see from role players, like with his improved shooting, uh, that kind of opens up his ability to explode past closeouts. And then he's almost like a, got a rugby like passing ability, like deep on drives, yeah. like that secondary <laughs> playmaking. So like a lot of those things, uh, if he can continue to cut down on fouls uh, as a, you know, like the point of attack defender or the guy who takes the top responsibility, I think that would also be another further way to like maximize his value. And if he does follow those factors go in into uh, the right direction for, his development in the Mavs, I think that would be that would definitely be a steal of a contract. So it'll be interesting to see how he puts it all together uh, this season and look back at it. Well, and I mean it, it's it's not just his own personal growth, but like you wrote about the other day, it's like how the team is using him. You know, you you wrote about how they're using more dribble handoffs with him uh, this season. You want to expand on that a little bit, and to to those who haven't read it, you should you should go to DallasBasketball.com and read. Grant's latest article on Josh Green, but Grant, just give the people a you know a little insight on your thoughts there. Yeah, for sure. I think with uh, so far in preseason, uh, you know, something I noticed like very early on, I think like day two of training camp, uh, the Mavs were working a lot on dribble handoffs and you know a lot of variations out of that uh, to have counters and layers to it. And, uh, you know, I actually asked Jason Kidd about it at the time, and he said, we aren't going to do any of that, uh, you know, you know what, during, during the season, <laughs> yeah. I'm just playing with you. And then, like, you know, said, <laughs> you know, he likes a lot about the the personnel that the team has uh, in those situations. Uh, so I thought that was interesting to kind of see them, you know, actually do that, you know what, during, uh, yeah. <laughs> during preseason and continue to do so. Jason Kidd <laughs> giving us prime meme material for the season with that clip. So shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And like just seeing uh, if you think about Josh Green overall, uh, the the key for him is just to continue to make defenses pay for going under uh, a lot of coverages, whether it's pick and roll, whether it's handoffs or even off ball screening actions, because he is so explosive getting to the rim. It's very hard to find players that are as like, you know, with momentum going to the rim, turning the corner that are as explosive as him and can play like above, like I guess you could say like above the rim or on the way down on the finishes as well. So the more he can continue to, I guess, make defenses pay uh, with just like, you know, quick trigger threes, as they call it, like on the catch, he just goes, flows into a shot, uh, kind of a motion shot. If he can continue to knock those down as he showed against the Pistons, uh, you know, that goes a long way in opening up different options for him. And also another thing for him that he mentioned, you know, when I asked him about dribble handoffs uh, and his potential in those that area after the Pistons game and also, you know, like Jason Kidd uh, at practice recently, uh, they both talked about how he needs to continue to be aggressive taking pull-ups. Like if he's attacking downhill, like against uh, the Pistons, there's a play out of the corner where, you know, Derek Lively got into a quick dribble handoff with him and Jaden Ivey went under. And, you know, ra- right around the elbow, 
you know, Josh just pulled up and knocked down the shot. And that's a great way to make the defense pay as well. So if he can continue to show that he can make plays in that way and provide counters and punish the defense for trying to get away with going under, I think that will open up just a lot of options for him. But even in general, just like pick and roll, like ball handling uh, sequences, he was extremely efficient in them last season. It wasn't a great sample size, so it's hard to like, you know, say, oh, my gosh, he's going to be like this elite option if you just keep spamming this action for him. But there's a lot to like about like whether you have Luka or Kyrie as a screener. They're not going to want to switch as a defense very likely against that. So that opens up just downhill attacks. And even when Luka and Kyrie were out, uh, you know, last season, there was games where they started to play the ball uh, or play the offense more through him with him initiating the offense. And they would do things like double drag screens and like Spain pick and roll even at, at like very, very briefly. Uh, but he showed a lot of potential attacking out of that. So I think just continuing to grow as an off dribble shooter, which he worked on the offseason uh, and late shot clock, you know, attacking when plays break down, if he can show growth in that. I think all of that comes together to be very intriguing, and this will be a pivotal season to kind of showcase that growth. Well, and another thing is I feel like Josh Green is best utilized when the Mavs are playing with more pace. We saw it last season, and, you know, I, specifically, and it's, I mean, it's it's not an indictment on Luka. It's just, it's just a play style thing. You know, when, when Luka and Kyrie were playing, Josh Green seemed to kind of, get lost in the shuffle a little bit because it was just back and forth with Luca. You know, they, they really weren't playing with much pace. It was just your turn, my turn kind of thing. And, you know, then when Luca was out, you know, Luca and Kyrie or one or the other, you know, uh, Josh Green had some really big games. You know, the, the biggest of them all was right after the Kyrie trade when Luca nor Kyrie were playing against the Utah Jazz and him and Jaden Hardy went for 29 apiece and a big road win for the Mavs. So that's one of the biggest things. They got to up the pace. Uh, you know, I think Luca just said recently uh, that, you know, he has he's open to playing with more pace. You know, he's open for that. And, uh, you know, if Green, if he is going to get that last starting spot for the Mavs, he made a good impression during that last preseason game when he got the start. 24 minutes, had a team-high 22 points, was a plus 18 uh, in 24 minutes, shot eight for 12 from the field, four for five from three. So uh, and also had three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. So he did a little bit of everything in a short period of time uh, as a starter in that last game. So that's the biggest thing, I think. They got to play with more pace. Luca claims that he is open to doing that. We'll see if it actually translates onto the court because, you know, once it <laughs> once they start playing, you know, Luca has a tendency to kind of get back into his uh, his ISO heavy stuff, which, you know, he's one of the best. He is the best ISO player in the league, arguably, so you can't really blame him there. But for the team's sake, I think they do have to change up how they play a little bit. Yeah, and I think a big part of it as well is like if you think back to the opening night roster last year, there's a big difference in athleticism and just skill level, uh, like offensively speaking. Uh, It's a little different to throw like spray ahead or throw ahead passes to like even just like Seth Curry uh, in transition uh, who can, you know, make plays off the catch and also like a variety of other players as well. Like Grant Williams is more capable as an off ball, I mean, off the dribble player, I should say. Uh, than like Reggie Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith 
And like he even showed it in that last game. He had like a attack and semi transition where he just got into a like a little step back at the elbow playing through contact. But like you don't really see too much of that from like Dorian or Reggie Bullock. Like I remember tracking stats last year and they were like among the absolute lowest in the league in terms of like off the dribble uh you know scoring for players with high volume of minutes and like drives even like it just makes a lot easier on a player who that stayed that, those options that stayed true for bullock during preseason for the for the rockets by the way i i've, I've kept up with how, <laughs> with how he's been doing over it's there just, it's just great so guy limiting. yeah it's great so guy limiting. great veteran and everything but man those those stat lines where he plays 15 plus minutes and doesn't have anything in the in the, the the stat box, you know, it, it's kind of deflating. <laughs> yeah, like if you uh, if you look at like in general, like year to year, he's definitely like one of the worst finishers in general. And it's very hard to trust like making a, a like just getting a rebound or an outlet pass. And then you're just throwing a throw ahead to someone like that who, you know, you, you better just like get into the offense and, yeah. <laughs> and slow it down <laughs> instead of doing that. Like there's just more capable options on this, you know, this roster as well. And I think a big part of it, too is they trust the the ability to pass for Derek Lively, like you saw in some of the Pistons, uh, you know, possessions uh, or p- possessions against the Pistons where he got into quick dribble handoffs, like read and react stuff. I think, you know, having, you know, front court players where you can trust, that goes a lot into getting into actions quicker. Uh, so I think, you know, just continuing to see, uh, you know, his growth uh, could be an important factor in how they, they play that way. Because even like, you know, some of the, the front court players like Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, you don't really expect them to do much like put the ball on the floor and make a positive play, attack a closeout, things like that. And when you have a unit with a lot of one-dimensional players who are you know, like good shooters or good like play finishers in general, it's very hard to just like push the pace. And I think a big part of the pace pushing against the Pistons, if you really go back and look, there was a lot of just transition breakdowns. Like there was a time where Kate Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart literally just were like lackadaisical, didn't pay attention. And Kyrie just right after crossing half court, just darts the ball to Derek Lively along the baseline and to get into a, a dribble handoff immediately. Like things like that, like for a rookie to know to, to get into a dribble handoff, like just react like, Oh, I'm being unaccounted for. And Josh Green's drifting to the corner. I'm going to get into a dribble handoff. Like that's pretty big and helpful. Like you just oh, don't yeah. really like yeah, very it, smart. You're not going to play the Pistons all the time. So it's like, there's yeah. going to be less opportunities <laughs> uh, for things like that. Uh, where it's just like, Oh, I'm going to punish the defense for not paying attention. Like, uh, but in general, I think there's a far more capable roster for playing faster. And especially like someone we haven't even mentioned, like Derek Jones, like he had so many transition opportunities against like lesser athleticism teams, like, like Real Madrid, like he got out in transition so much, like they lost the game, but like, I think he had like probably eight points uh, just from like getting out in transition. So having, you know, options like that definitely helps and adds up throughout the course of a game. And I mean, honestly, one last thing I forgot to mention even like recently with Slovenia during some of those prep games, uh, like Luca had like a whole game where he was just completely throwing like throw ahead passes. Like he had like three or four plus assists off of those passes. So he's a willing passer, almost like Kevin Love with those throw ahead passes. It's just important to have athletes and capable offensive talents. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how against better teams, how they're able to find that balance between, you know, controlling the pace uh, by getting into their half court offense versus just continuing to push. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it. You have to have the personnel for them to be able to play that way. And I, I feel like they, you know, it may not be perfect, but I do think they have gotten a lot better across the board as far as adding better athletes and guys with, you know, in my opinion, higher basketball IQ, that's not a knock on the other guys. It's just the fact that some guys get it more than others do. And that's the biggest thing about Lively. We've talked about it since summer league. His basketball IQ seems to be off the charts. And, you know, obviously for a a rookie NBA big man, it's going to take time for him, you know, for his body to physically mature, for him to stay in an NBA weight room and, you know, get to a point where like a Rudy Gobert is that he had to go up against twice in preseason. But, you know, he's definitely on the right path and he's shown he's smart. He's a hard worker. Uh, You know, Tyson Chandler called him a sponge because he literally, you know, he takes information, processes it and doesn't make the same mistake twice, you know, if he can help it. So that's really huge for him. And it's huge for the Mavs. They haven't had a big man like that since Tyson Chandler, I know it's like become a cliche at this point to say that, but I mean, it's the truth. They really haven't had a player at the center position like Lively since Tyson Chandler. So it's great to see uh, him progressing the way he has at just 19 years old. And I think the sky's the limit for him, you know, playing with Luca, especially if he can work in, you know, a little bit of shooting over the, over the course of the year, it might not be a lot this year, but you know, just throughout the course of his uh, first three First few years of his career, if he can add that element to his game too, it's going to add a ton of versatility for the Mavs offensively. And then defensively, he seems to have the instincts to, you know, give them a boost on that end too. It's not going to be something like if, if somebody on the perimeter gets beat, it's not just like, oh, well, we're screwed. You know, they, they actually do have some help defense that can make a difference now. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Grant, one quick thing here before we take off. We got the the season opening match for the Mavs against the Spurs on the road tomorrow night. It's Luca, it's Wimby, it's Kyrie, it's uh, you know all these other uh, new Mavs getting their their first game under their belt. So I mean, what what should we expect from this matchup? Because obviously, 
all the hype is on Wimbenyama right now. But, you know, I talked with Grant Williams last week, and he was very, you know, conscious of, you know, this isn't just Wimby. Like, this team has some pretty good young pieces that they need to be paying attention to as well. So, I mean, what should we expect from this season opening game against the Spurs? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good test. I think, you know, the Spurs have been playing, you know, Jeremy Sohan at the one more often, and that's just a lot of size. Like, they have jumbo lineups where it's like tall wings are their smallest players, and they're all, all athletes. Uh, and then, you know, you have Zach Collins, who's a pretty solid shot blocker, and then Wembenyama, who can block threes on the perimeter uh, that you just wouldn't expect a player to be able to recover to. Uh, so I think it'll be a very good test to kind of see how capable some of those, you know, complimentary players they added. Like, you know, Grant Williams has worked on his game. You know, someone you, you talk to him. Uh, he's worked on his like off the dribble, like things like that, uh, like creation and seeing how capable he is uh, in that sort of larger role, uh, taking on like, you know, like matchups where they're capable of containing him at the point of attack and have helped defenders. I think it'll be important to see the potential of the team. Uh, you know, it's not going to be something that's going to be a very frequent thing uh, where, when you have a team like led by Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. But just seeing how capable, like when the situation calls for it, uh, for the you know complimentary players to attack and make a play, uh, that will be interesting to see. And I think the Spurs are like a pretty underrated test for that. They're not like going to be a dominant defense out of the gate. Obviously, like I don't think uh, that's going to be the the way it works. But I think just a lot a team with a lot of length, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism. Uh, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting test. And I think, uh, you know, offensively for the Spurs, that on the other side, they have to get used to playing with, uh, you know, combinations like that. Like Jeremy Sohan isn't really like a pull-up shooting threat. He's got an interesting game, uh, you know, seeing how the Mavs kind of handle that and then, you know, play with some of their smaller options on the court. Like during preseason, they struggled at times with, you know, like Seth Curry. Uh, he got – they like kind of – Timberwolves really worked the ball around and punished him on a couple possessions just because he was small and they had multiple big threats on the court. And, you know, Kyrie Irving is a smaller guard as well. Uh, and he, he's a pretty thin uh, frame uh, guard as well. So just seeing how, like, you know, players, uh, you know, match up against those different, like, size jumbo lineups, I guess you will, uh, will be important. And then just seeing also how Luka looks in his first, you know, game after, you know, not playing in the last preseason game and being limited to five minutes against Real Madrid. That'll be important. And, uh, you know, I think an underrated part of that will just be how he kind of tests out uh, Wembenyama. I, I felt like last yeah. season against, like, uh, <laughs> a, I guess you could say a similar size profile, like Bull Bull. I think uh, he he really kind of made it a point to, to body him down low and, like, get into, you know, like, like short-range jump shots and drives. And I think uh, seeing how he tests out uh, Wembenyama, who is a much more fluid athlete than Bull Bull, to to be perfectly clear, but like you know, like just the height and the length, like that, the crazy. He, he's not that, gonna. Yeah. He's not. Luke is not gonna shy away from the challenge. He, no, <laughs> he he's he's seen and heard all the Wembenyama hype. I'm sure he is ready to you know take that on, <laughs> take all that on head on, you know, one on one, and just see how it goes. So, and maybe it won't work for him, but he is gonna find out. For sure. Um, it's a good test to see how that uh, <laughs> matchup for like the next hopefully like 10 years is going to look if they're both healthy and on their teams uh, for the long haul. And I think overall, too, just seeing how connective they are as a unit, because, you know, we for as much as we talked about, like at the start of training camp, how like this would be a great opportunity to get on the same page and add layers to you know the offense, get the defensive coverages down. They haven't really had a great training camp uh, like circumstance because they did all that traveling for like 12 day international trip and they were limited in practice time, uh, you know, throughout, unlike a lot of teams who stayed home 
And then, you know, the injuries started to happen where we've really not seen even just like the three locked in confirmed starters like Luca Kyrie and Grant Williams. They played like what a total of six, seven minutes together. It and that was, was not like, a lot. Yeah, that was like the first <laughs> quarter of the first preseason game. And, you know, there's nothing quite like getting on court live reps together. So I think seeing just how like like the I guess you could say the the things that need to be ironed out between them and like what works, what doesn't work. You know, they've had practice time together, but it's been very, I, I would say, limiting uh, compared to what would be if they were healthy all throughout. So just seeing that would be a good measure. Uh, you know, there it could be a little bit of a, of a situation where you got to be patient with it uh, since they didn't really have that great circumstance. And Luca's just coming back from, you know, being sidelined for, I guess you could say, yeah, it's been two weeks as of today uh, since, uh, or almost two weeks. Uh, because that Real yeah, Madrid game was on the right. 10th. So being limited in action, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how all this comes together. And, uh, yeah, it's the start of 82 games, uh, and we'll have a lot of stuff uh, oh, yeah. you know, all, all throughout it's, game by game. <laughs> it's the start of the marathon. We are back. Uh, it's going to be a long season, but it's going to be a fun season. You know, we'll, we'll see just how much the Mavs can bounce back from what happened last year. I feel like they will. Uh, now, obviously, that's health permitting. I've I've put that on every time I've said that I've put that asterisk on it. But you know, health permitting, I think they will have a pretty big bounce back season. I think they've added the pieces, you know, to ensure that. And we'll just see how it goes. You know, like you said, there's been some questions, you know, about about Luca's availability. I don't think they've like officially confirmed anything, but I I have a feeling that when you go to practice today, you know, I think Luca's going to be talking and everything, and I'm pretty sure he's going to say he's playing. I, you know, I just have a feeling that the next time uh, I talk yeah. to you, that's, that's what a, he's going to be saying. There's definitely been so. a, a ramp up for him. <laughs> like when you when you participate in like almost everything uh, in, on Monday, and then you're talking on Tuesday, and you're you know that's multiple days of participating in practice. That's definitely a very very like you know, positive upward trajectory towards being activated. So definitely uh, read DallasBasketball.com either way, uh, because we'll we'll definitely have whatever he says, what he says it, uh, it'll all be over there for sure. Yeah, keep up with all that. I mean, we're going to – we're adding a new element to DallasBasketball.com this year. You know, we really haven't gotten into the, you know, the, the NBA betting stuff over the last few years, but we're getting into it now. Our guy Michael Mulford's adding that layer to the – to the site, he's going to have the, his picks of the day for every single game this season. So be sure to check out that. Be sure to check out Grant's stuff and myself. You know, we we're flooding the the timeline over there. You know, every time you go and look, there's going to be something new. So go check it out. Uh, Grant has his own YouTube channel as well. Uh, just Grant Afseth. You can go find him where he's breaking down uh, anything Mavs related over there. Give him a subscription uh, and give us a sub too. I mean, we've had a very very good summer. I mean, we've built a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, we've had a, a lot of great guests over the summer. It was a good off season, and I expect us to have an even uh, better season now that things are getting underway. So a breakout Grant, season, a breakout season. Yeah, just like we hope. You know, the Mavs will do because it's always much more fun to cover a team that's winning a lot than what we had to cover at the end of last season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of losing and uh, 3 a.m. Uh, being stranded in Charlotte going to Motel 6 was a yeah, very yeah, interesting yeah. combination late in the season. <laughs> yeah, Godspeed to you and your traveling this year that you have a, a little bit better luck if you I – don't, I don't know if you need to go to Charlotte. 
about it again, but we'll but we'll see. Guys, I appreciate it. Y'all be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And like I said, go over to YouTube and give us a sub there too. We appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. And we will see y'all Thursday to recap Mavs versus Spurs. We're getting started again. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.